Hello and welcome to CineDrunk, the podcast where we're drunk on cinema and alcohol. Brought to you by Cinemunch.com, I'm one of your hosts, Matt, joined as always by Nathan. Hello. And Elizabeth. Hello. Welcome. Welcome. So, this is our (laughs) episode that we are liking to call, or I am liking to call, Road to the Oscars Part 1, The Golden Globes. Golden Globes. (laughs) (laughs) Which, obviously, for this beginning of the real official kickoff of award season, we need a special drink. So, Nathan, what are we... Sipping on. Well, we, <clears throat> I'm trying to force it down my gullet right now. Um, <clears throat> it's actually really good. We are drinking none other than the Ginger Gold Rush. Yes. And if you can't figure out why, then you should go back to poetry school or whatever. <laughs> what? Because it's so poetically perfect. It is. That... It's called the Gold Rush because people are rushing towards gold. They're rushing to the Hollywood area. Yeah, California. It's the California Gold Rush. It's the it's the award season. All of a sudden this year, I don't know where they came from, but these gingers are all over the place. (laughs) Julianne Moore, front runner. uh, Frederick Doppelganger. What's his name? (laughs) Eddie Redmayne. Eddie Redmayne. (laughs) All of these redhead. Scrubs, and we don't have time for scrubs. <laughs> you know, we don't want those scrubs. scrubs. <laughs> um, no, I actually love both of them. Um, so, in their honor, we are drinking the Ginger Gold Rush. So, what's in it? We have um, one brandied cherry, which we're cheating a little bit. We're using maraschino cherries, which I hate, but you know, times are tough. Still, as I say, like every week. Um, the week that times aren't tough will be a really good week here. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so we put that in the bottom of a martini glass. And then we shook up lemon juice, bourbon, and ginger liqueur. Um, roughly one to two to three um, in that order, proportion-wise. And um, poured it over the cherry. And it's it's actually really good. It's delicious. Mm-hmm. Excellent. I mean, I'm a fan of anything with ginger. And gold. I love gold. <laughs> ginger and gold. <laughs> Not quite. <laughs> Anyhow. Okay, that's that's all. Nathan Hegum, best actor in a musical comedy. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so what we're going to do is we're just going to go through the categories and talk about our predictions, our wishes, what it means for Oscar. And I think we should start as the award show itself will probably start, which is with Supporting Actor. Let's. So the nominees for Supporting Actor are, hold on, I'm choking back bile on my throat, Robert Duvall for The Judge, Ethan Hawke for Boyhood, Edward Norton for Birdman, Mark Ruffalo, Foxcatcher, and J.K. Simmons, Whiplash. I should really be an announcer. I should really be an announcer. You do have the face for radio. (laughs) Uh, so humble. <laughs> so the supporting actor category was like a couple months ago, really exciting because there was like besides J.K. Simmons, who is like definitely going to get in and is still kind of the front runner. He's probably just going to march through every awards show and Boring. win supporting actor. Which, as if you've listened to our podcast on Whiplash, you know we're not big fans on it, especially these two. Um, but it was really exciting, and there, you know. There was no guarantee that Mark Ruffalo was going to get in. It 
there was no guarantee that Ethan Hawke was even like in contention, but then it's just sort of bubbled down to those five names plus maybe Josh Brolin in Inherent Vice, which I'm sure the Academy is not really going to go for that movie. It's right. just gotten super boring and crazy. Not that those performances aren't des- aren't deserving. I love that Ethan Hawke is going to get in. Edward Norton is fantastic in Birdman. Mark Ruffalo I love in Foxcatcher. Yeah, which I we haven't talked about Foxcatcher on here, but we have seen, and I did not like the movie, and I don't think it works. Um, in particular, it's like weird... Well, pacing is just awful, in my opinion. And um, it has like a weird homosexual subtext that's never actually explored. It's just there and feels like a choice they didn't fully commit to. But anyways, that's neither here nor there. Despite not liking the movie, I really liked Mark Ruffalo's performance. And it's a total definition of a supporting performance, which is that like J.K. Simmons is a co-lead. He's in nearly as much of that movie as Miles Teller. Yep. Um... I have not seen The Judge, but I suspect the same for Robert Duvall. That's quite all right. But you haven't seen The Judge. No, I don't don't plan to, but... (laughs) Well, if he gets nominated, then I'm going to have to. I know, I know. Just too bad. just be really... We're going to need a special The Judge drink for that. Oh, Bobby Duvall. Um, Okay, so so predictions. Who do you think will win the Globe? J.K. Simmons. Well, yeah. I mean, J.K. Simmons. And I'll, I'll talk about my preferences in a second. Right. I agree. I think it will be J.K. Simmons. However, at the Globes, since remember this is the group that awarded Clive Owen the like by far sexier choice that year. Yes. Um, I think there's a slight spoiler that it could be Ed Norton because be. I also feel like Birdman is going to be a movie that's going to be right up the. Yeah, I mean, it led the nominations. I think it's going to definitely take some other awards. I could totally see it. If there's an award that J.K. Simmons is going to lose over the next month and a half, it's going to be this one. Right, because I feel like Ed Norton is the sexier choice of the group. Yep. And totally deserving. Totally. Are you suggesting that J.K. Simmons is not sexy? I am. Oh, Agreed. he seems right up your alley, <laughs> actually. Excuse me, just because <laughs> you have a, a preference young, but... for, like, older gentlemen... <laughs> I like a certain chiseled, you know, virile Shall we say grizzled? Hair. I like hair. Ah, <laughs> uh, and that he does not have. Even Christopher Plummer still has all the um, Would Edward Norton be your choice for your preference? Edward Norton would 100% be my choice on this list. Nathan? I actually, this is like, I feel like I'm coming out again. Oh. I did not love Edward Norton. I probably said this after the movie. Get out. I don't think I have I, I did not I love him. I mean... I'm just I, saying I, I didn't love him. I, he was good. Yeah. I just, I don't quite understand all the love. I think this this um, category is putting me to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Along with the drink. Good. It's our and first category that we're doing. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's awful. It's really, truly awful. I don't like any no. of these people. Really? Really? I, Ethan Hawke, I guess. And I, I think he's great in the movie. I think he's very good in the movie. I think he's great in the before Sunrise, Sunset, Midnight trilogy mm-hmm. um, with the same director. So that helps. But otherwise, no. And I, But at the same time, I don't know who else I would put in this category. I think it's a weak year. And I, yeah, off the top of my head, I can't think of anyone. I can. Okay. I, and I will tell you who I wish. You know, the movie came out. I wish... Oh, More no. than anything, that More Chris, than that Chris Pine would be mm. the Ugh. That would be mine. Chris Pine would be my uh, to take Rob, not to win, but to get in to take Robert Duvall's place. 
In the nominations. In the nominations. I would still vote for Ed Norton. Who would you vote for, Maddie? Uh, of these five, and an Oscar, uh, Ethan Hawke, for sure. I think he was phenomenal in the movie. I think it's the most... the movie's most interesting character. I think it's it has a fascinating arc that he plays really well, and it... I mean, of course, it was, like, written, like, with him in mind over yeah. 12 years. Like, of course, it suits him perfectly, but... Yeah. Narrowly over Mark Ruffalo. Yeah, I have some thoughts about... Really not Ed Norton? Yeah, I loved Ed Norton, but I loved Mark Ruffalo and Ethan Hawke more. I mean, I, I, I straight up loved Foxcatcher. I know. More than Birdman. I don't so. know what's wrong with you. Yeah, that's a problem. Uh, whatever. <laughs> so that's Supporting Actor. <laughs> Alright, should we do Best Supporting Actor? I mean, I, I know I read the category so well, but would someone else like to read off the nominees? Yes, the well, I would. I would well, like to. Um, <laughs> please do it please in give it us an accent. Uh, Patricia Arquette. <laughs> <laughs> Boyhood. <laughs> He's imitating Helen Mirren. Um, clearly. <laughs> Jessica Chastain in A Most Violent Year. Kira Knightley in The Imitation Game. Emma Stone, Birdman. And Meryl Streep, Into the Woods. Who's that? I know. Yeah, go, go. And Nathan, who do you think will win? What is your prediction? I, I actually, I haven't, to be honest, I haven't read any of the chatter the chitter chatter, talk a little, pick a little on the internet about <laughs> the Golden Globe predictions. Or so, pick a little, talk a little. Pick a know. little, gab talk a little, little, pick a little, gab. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Slurp a little. Um, <laughs> so I don't know. Actually, <laughs> I mean, these two buffoons next to me will pretend to be all knowledgeable, and they are. They truly are, but they also... So then why are we buffoons? Because they're they're also, you know, playing you Swayed as by, listeners. By they are playing you, and they are they are read up on all of this stuff, which is what any expert does. They read up on other experts' opinions. Mm -hmm. So it's fine. I'm just saying, I'm not an expert, nor have I read up on any other experts' opinions. <laughs> so that's the long way of saying I have no fucking idea. <laughs> <laughs> but I think... I'm going to go with Patricia Arquette, although given that it's the Golden Globe, she doesn't, as you said last time, she's not the sexy, sexy choice, though. So, I don't know. Yeah. I also think she'll win. I, I think at this point, award season is just so condensed and funneled and everyone follows like a script and like she. that's why I think J.K. Simmons is going to win, even though it's the Globes. I think Patricia Arquette's going to win. I think she'll end up steamrolling through the season and that is crazy to me to think that that performance and that actress are gonna like sweep through to get the oscar it's amazing i that that does not happen and, and even if she ends up winning every award and we get sick of hearing her give acceptance speeches to step back and think that patricia arquette in 2015 in, in 2015 is winning an oscar it's crazy that's amazing um we haven't seen a most violent year yet otherwise i i know I already know we're gonna I'm, we're gonna I'm love gonna us love some it. some chat the trailer, I know. I love some more that ginger gold rush. Ginger, <laughs> another ginger. Though she's a blonde in the film, I think. Yeah. Um, otherwise, I think Meryl Streep is probably the spoiler for the Globes and probably at Oscar too. Yeah. I think. I think she's in for nomination. Yeah, I think it's gonna be Patricia Arquette. That's my prediction. Although, again, at the you know at the Globes, I feel like there's always a chance that Emma Stone could just because she's like. 
the ingenuest ingenue. I, again, I just keep going yeah. back to that 2004 year where closer Clive Owen won supporting actor yeah, and now Corbin, Corbin won. Sure. But at the same time, that like what you were saying is also true that the award season now feels so like we want to stamp the person who's going to get the Oscar. Yeah. I feel like even 10 years ago, there was much more spont- spontaneity in the Absolutely. other awards I and different. So the awards were more spread out. Mm-hmm. And Oscar People was had their own opinion. Surprise. People had their own opinion, and now they don't. So I think it will be Patricia Arquette with a spoiler of Emma Stone or Meryl Streep. Mm-hmm. Agreed. In terms of Oscar nominations, I think those five are probably still my predictions, but you still have sort of an outside chance for Laura Dern in mm-hmm. Wild, though that movie for some reason doesn't seem to be catching on. Because is, it's about women. Truly, and it's crazy. Yeah. Um, um, I mean, we'll talk about it more when we get there, but all of the five leading performances for women in drama, none of their movies, with the exception of maybe Rosamund Pike's Gone Girl, which is on the bubble, are even in the conversation for Best Picture. Ridiculous. Which is crazy. a whole nother rant. I could do a whole podcast. We sure could. I don't know, but supporting tends to... We could do femidrum. <laughs> Can we please? We won't post right it because we won't make you all listen to it, but just for us. <laughs> um, but the supporting races, you can sometimes get crazy out of the blue nominations, like Jackie Weaver and Silver Linings Playbook. Like clearly, that was a movie that they were already watching and they loved, and right. sure, it went out through our nomination. I think if they fall for Selma, which they should, maybe Carmen and Jogo could sneak in there. Um, you could have Renee Russo still get in for Nightcrawler, Which even though she movie, hasn't gotten in anywhere. It's true, but that movie, more than, unfortunately, even Selma, seems to be picking up speed as it goes. It, it's like the sexy underdog it's, choice right yeah, now. Absolutely. In a way that I could see probably that being the most likely. Did you know it's Oscar also winner. about a, centered around a white male? <laughs> what, Were yes, you aware? I am aware. That's just why it's picking up steam. Uh, and Wilde is losing out. Well, I would say, so I assume Patricia Arquette, Matt, is your choice to win as well out of this group. Since, with the caveat that we have not seen Chastity. Right. And Nathan? Yeah. I loved Patricia Arquette in Boyhood. And I have not seen The Most Violent Year. But I think Patricia Arquette... That we're going tomorrow. We are. By the time this is posted, we could be Chastity fanatics. Mm -hmm. So here is what I'm going to say. I think Patricia Arquette would still be my choice. Um, although Emma Stone I thought was the weakest part of Birdman, so definitely not her. Meryl Streep was in no way sadly, and it was really more of the script's fault and the film's focus, but yeah. she was in no way the most impressive part of Into the Woods. Jessica Chastain I haven't seen, although she could be my favorite by tomorrow. I just want to give props to Keira Knightley. For sure. Because she does a hard thing, which is that she has to come into an all-boys movie and make you care about her. And I also appreciate the nature of her role, which is in a year where all of these movies are about men defining for themselves and for people around them what it is to be men and whether they qualify as a real man and everything. I appreciate that her role is actually about like how, I, how to challenge society's definition of what it means to be a woman. And she plays with that well in the film, I thought. She does. Um, mm-hmm. Without, like, hitting you over the head with it. And there's also, she's very charming and natural in it. She's found a new she is, yeah. naturalness that she didn't... I'm also biased because I just watched Begin Again, which everyone should watch. She's delightful in it. But she has a new sort of she's calmness to her herself. performance. And um, she's delivered performances over the past few years that have been, right. like, on the bubble for nominations or right. nomination-worthy. So and here's my I'm problem totally okay with, with, her with Patricia Arquette's part in Boyhood. And this is going to come up when we talk about Best Picture. I'm not nearly, and the longer I sit with it, high in Boyhood as everyone else seems to be. 
And I think it's partly overrated just because of the process, because of the whole backstory about what it was. But I think particularly if you looked at the script of Boyhood without all of the backstory about the 12 years it was filmed over and how they created, her part in particular is so cookie cutter, mellow drama with the multiple husbands and the abusive one and the, it's such a rote female mom role. It really is. And in a way that irritates me and even the whole movie is about the experience, like a very stereotypical, like what it means to grow up and go right. from Right, and that's why I, I think it's the same for Ethan Hawke and the dad too. They just give him that sort of more interesting, like religious angle near the end where he gets the new wife and like the car right. angle. which I at least that. is like something, but hers is so rote and I guess I'm just in but a year. But then he gives her the payoff of that monologue near the end that really keys that's you in. Really that's that's why, it does. And that's why I feel like the performance is so strong is because it's sort of, it's always through the lens, obviously, of, of the boy. You know, it's called boyhood. Right. And that's his mom. But then you sort of, by the end, he is, when he's almost to the adulthood stage, like it's almost near the end, he gets that monologue from her and you really get to dig deeper into her. And it's, it's true, I mean, it is I very that, broad and it's I not necessarily. I think that's all her performance, which I guess is my long way of coming around to, that's why she would still be my pick. Because the only reason mm -hmm. I am not more annoyed by that character and by the roteness of the script in general, mm -hmm. I mean, I think it's very, and I, again, I'm also coming from a year where I'm frustrated that yep. the idea of women is still so locked in what's written into these very specific roles that women are allowed yeah. to play. And I think that all the extra depth At least throughout in terms of like what's film, being awarded. Correct. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's what I mean. Sure. I should say. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think that all the extra depth and feeling and I, I came out of that movie being most impressed with Patricia Arquette. Um, so that's why I'm happy for her to win despite I think having a lackluster part. She elevates it to a new yeah, level. Yeah, I agree. It's also a weak year. And the last thing I'll say on supporting actress that I think could spoil as a sort of a dark dark horse is Tilda Swinton and Snowpiercer and she's had a crazy good year nothing would make me happy and that would be so crazy that would be amazing God, I, I love her. her she is she is a goddess she is a treat and a true treasure she is moving on Matthew would you like to read the nomination the nominees for best director for best direction of a motion picture <laughs> Wow. Uh, we have Wes Anderson for The Grand Budapest Hotel, Eva DuVernay for Selma, David Fincher for Gone Girl, Alejandro Gonzalez Iñárritu for Birdman, and Richard Linklater for Boyhood. Which I just like that all of our go-to for making the nomination sounds classier is to go to a British accent. Oh, of course. Instantly. Classes <laughs> it up. Um, God, I don't, I don't, I mean, I think all season Linklater and Iñárritu for Boyhood and Birdman respectively have been the like leaders in this category and in sort of best picture. Um, and I think one of them will definitely win the Oscar regardless of what's going to win best picture. Mm -hmm. I think everyone is going to award Linklater, even though Inyaritu had the more technical, like sort of like Quaron last year was sort of awarded for all of his technical prowess and mm -hmm. complicated, you know, the scope of what he accomplished with gravity. Right. Inyaritu certainly tackles a lot, and technically the movie is really, really, like, high class. It is mm -hmm. an A. Um, but I think this is where, even if the movie doesn't win Best Picture, they award Boyhood, and that it was, like, Richard Linklater's baby. The fact that he started that movie before he even did Before Sunset, or School of Rock, like, this was started so long ago. It's no, crazy. I, I know that. Like, good for him. I know that. Good for him. Stuff. I know you do. 
You are well aware. <laughs> I think so. I think he takes the globe, and of those five nominees, oof, I would barely still give it to him over Ava DuVernay and Wes Anderson. Nathan, what do you think? I think that Linklater will win for the same reasons that Matt just mentioned. Um, and I would give it to Ava DuVernay. And it part of that is because I saw Selma most recently, probably. But particularly the direction, mm -hmm. the choices behind what was appearing before us on the screen was what impressed me. For sure. With mm -hmm. that movie. Very smart. Um, so that would get my vote. I think I'm actually kind of shocked that David Fincher is in here. Oh, but, I love that. But not. I mean, it's only that really to me, surprising to me that because Gone Girl didn't get into best drama. That to me mm -hmm. is is another just kind of sign of sexism. That like not that he. I mean, he's a great director. I, it's nothing against him, but like the fact that he has this type, this. Like name style, brand this name brand recognition yeah. that is cool because he's a male and it's kind of a Cold. typical masculine sort of lens. Yeah. yeah, lens. Again, not taking anything away from the movie itself, but right. it, it, I certainly wouldn't have nominated him this year. Yeah. I do think it's kind of cool that. I mean, of name brand people that could have gotten in for director at the Globes that he got in over Angelina Jolie for Unbroken, which was shut yeah. out here, or Clint Eastwood for American Sniper, which is also Or shut even out here. fucking Christopher Nolan. That's true. So. Yeah. Or regular I'm... Christopher Nolan. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I have a bad... I, I use bad language, listeners. I apologize. For the um, record, I'm glad that Angelina Jolie was not in because her movie sucks. <laughs> but anyway. What a hack. Um, well, I actually am going to go off the beaten track, oh. track, path. track, path, oh boy, oh boy, track, um, Pack. which is, I'm going to predict at the Globes, I actually think Alejandro Inaritu is going to win, only because Birdman feels like more of a Globes movie. That's true. Boyhood, Boyhood is really American and small. I was going to say, especially they, it's yeah. so natural, that's why I'm even worried about Patricia Arquette. Not mm -hmm. at all at the Oscars, but at the Globes, only because hers is very natural. Another reason I'm rooting for her, because you know I love yeah. naturalism and acting, and it Absolutely. rarely gets rewarded, especially in a supporting category. Um, but uh, I just feel like Inari 2 is going to be more their style. I think they... Birdman... That's true. I mean, Babel won Best Picture. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, so I'm predicting Inari 2. If I had a choice, it would be also Ava DuVernay. She had a very difficult thing of taking, I mean, no movie has even, I should say, movie for the cinema. There have been TV movies, but there's been no movie even ever made about Martin Luther King. Like, it's just this huge, massive thing, and she somehow manages to not make it schlock, not make it manipulative. She it's, also yeah. manages to make it feel like an ensemble film. For sure. Yeah. And make it... Again, I had this conversation with you the other day about that it doesn't even feel like it's yet another of this year's pictures about a great man. Instead, it feels like pictures about a my like 
a minority group and oppressed group coming together and what that can achieve mm-hmm. and this person at the center of it rather than like, yeah. like the man yeah. yeah and I just I so she would be my 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 first choice with the close second of Wes Anderson because I think he pushed himself just beyond his usual things while also embracing his quirkiest quirks oh, into totally. making it something that surpasses his other films I think yeah right up there in terms of Oscar I, I don't even know. I mean, director can be so hard to put. I still think Damien Chazelle for Whiplash is, like, right on the bubble. Yeah. I want to say... Well, for sure, Linklater and Yuri 2 are locked. Yeah. I want to say Ava DuVernay is locked, but, oh, my God, I don't know. Especially because Selma's been missing out on all these key nominations. Mostly, I, I think, and lots of other people think, just because screeners weren't sent out because the movie wasn't finished until super late, and a lot of these awards groups will vote, like, early December or even, like, for SAG, late November, like... They didn't, they didn't, the movie wasn't finished yet. Of course they didn't vote for it. They haven't seen it. Um, And apparently they didn't get the screeners out in time for the PGA nomination. Right. Which are in there. I would love to see Wes Anderson get in for Oscar though. Like. Me too. The fact that his movies have never been nominated for anything other than screenplay is kind of crazy. Like Grand Budapest Hotel better get in for art direction. And if he got in, that would be great. Yeah. I'm hoping it'll help that this one is a very like period film. But right. I would actually be happy with these five as the lineup for Best oh, Director, despite the, I see your point, Nathan, about Fincher, but only because I fear for what would replace it, and I fear what would replace <laughs> it would be Damien Chazelle, or Angelina Jolie. I feel like Morton Tildum for The Imitation Game is, I mean, he's in my predictions right fine, now, actually. like swap out Fincher for Morton Tildum, I think. Or, and I'm fine with that. And I think that's my current predicted five, um, only because I think The Imitation Game is a strong, dumb middle player. It'll do well yeah. with Oscars. Um, What's, what do we got next? All right, next let's talk about screenplay. So screenplay at the Globes um, isn't the best indicator only because they combined adapted and um, original, but the best screenplay nominees for the Golden Globes are Wes Anderson for Grand Budapest Hotel, um, Gillian, or Gillian. Gillian, Gillian Flynn for Gone Girl, Alejandro Gonzalez Iñárritu, Nicolás, oh well, yeah, the other people, four people <laughs> for Birdman. <laughs> I came up on that real quick. Um, Richard Linklater for Boyhood and Graham Moore for The Imitation Game. So just in terms of Oscar talks, Grand Budapest is still considered original. original yep. even Birdman is original, Boyhood is original, Gone Girl and The Imitation Game are both adapted. adapted so right. there's three original and two adapted for the Globes. And what do you think will win the Globes? <laughs> I have actually no idea. Like, I, I yeah, still I don't, don't think Boyhood is... Or Birdman. I don't see either of them as, like, super front runners for screenplay, even though they both are for original. Well, because I don't think... Again, I already gave my opinion on the Boyhood screenplay, but I don't think either of their screenplays are what's impressive about their films. Right. For sure. I could see Gone Girl winning. I could, too. Um, because it's clearly... a difficult and adaptation. adaptation yeah i mean it's like the um, book is as famous as the movie the book is so famous yeah. exactly and it's the golden globes we're talking about their celebrity whores and gillian mm-hmm. flynn is a real pretty girl that helps i don't know what she looks isn't like. richard linklater a pretty girl <laughs> no i was just reading an article today about how like even to be like a screenwriter or a director as a woman you have to be attractive <laughs> <Ugh>. <laughs> <Well>. but <laughs> 
Would you have it any other way? No, really just to exist. You have to be attractive. So I guess that would be my, yeah, that's my prediction. I think that's a solid prediction. I think that's a solid, solid prediction, and I'm going to agree with you. I think it's also a solid prediction as a winner for adapted screenplay at the Oscars. I hope so. I really hope so. I think the imitation game is a little more, you know, by the numbers, Oscar friendly. friendly. I will say, though. I I did appreciate it. Yeah. yeah. I will say, in its defense, it was surprisingly funny and fresh in a way that I was not appreciating it. Mm -hmm. Again, that's a total, like, B plus movie. Mm -hmm. It doesn't break any molds, it's not groundbreaking. Don't. As break any molds is just boy <laughs> redundancy. Um, but it's a really solid film through and through. Yeah, which is why it will play down the middle for Oscar, yeah. for sure. Um, and for original, I'm really hoping it goes to Grand Budapest, but I, I doubt it. I mean, it won't. It'll be... Birdman or... Boyhood or Birdman. Oh, the Boyhood script is so bad. It has its moments. It does. But again, that could be where they reward him. It could be a, a front runner that just wins down the line. Especially because it's not really going to get nominated for a bunch of technical awards. Yeah, that's true. Um, well, if you had your choice, what would you pick? Oh, those five? I would... I mean, I, I understand that Gillian Flynn had a damn... Damn hard time adapting that novel, and good for her. It definitely works as a film, and I think I'd still go with Grand Budapest Hotel. I think of those five, I would say, you know, Wes Anderson, you do your thing. Mm -hmm. You're doing well. Good for you. I think I would very narrowly go with Birdman, actually. Mm -hmm. Um, Grand Budapest Hotel would be a close second, but it's a little too... It's a little too stylized for me to fully appreciate in the same way. I mean, obviously Birdman is highly stylized, but it's a little more natural in terms of the way they're speaking to one another. Oh, for sure. I, I just still have my issues with the end of the film and then what it's saying and then that sort of, what is its thesis? Yeah. And then that sort of gets me down that rabbit hole of, I, I don't know if the script was fully what I would have wanted it to have been. Yeah, okay. I'd definitely be torn for Golden Globe between picking between Flynn and Anderson. I mean, for Oscar, since they're in opposite categories, those would be my two pick to win. Only because I think Gone Girl is a really difficult novel to adapt, and she did a great job. And also, I just support women winning in technical categories, which for is sure. a rarity. Um, and she's very smart and clever. But Wes Anderson, and I just, to be fair, I just rewatched this since our inaugural podcast way back in the spring yeah. um, I just rewatched it a couple days ago um, but that screenplay is different from his others like it still has its twee moments but especially the way he writes for Ray Fine's character and the profanity in it which are not usually in his movies mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. and that whole movie is really like one liners in a way that I feel like that sort of comedy has gone out of style I feel like mm. most comedy now is either like 22 Jump Street, like dick jokes and physical comedy and visual sarcastic, gags. meta, yeah. Right, or it's like the Gillian Flynn, like, yeah, sarcastic, like, ban- mm-hmm. like, but his script feels in a way like if that movie had been made, it would not have been out of place in like 1954 
which I think is just sort of delightful and different. Good for him. Yeah. So I would love for that to bring. So that's screenplay. Now, this we'll do briefly. Best foreign language film. Nathan, let's have you read in in the accents of the the countries. Uh, Okay. Um, So first from Sweden, what do we got? And from Israel? Get the child, Vivian and Salem, get. And from Poland? Ida. And from Russia? That was just an old person. Leviathan. That was probably the closest, yeah. And from Estonia? Isn't that the same as Russia? I have really? no idea. Really? Tangerines? Mandarin? Beautiful. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Well, the only one that Perfection. any of us have seen is Ida, and it is amazing. And it's fantastic. It. It's on Instant Watch. You should all watch it. I think Movie it's about the two women. Front run- yeah, crazy. Complex. I think it's the front runner. I've also heard really good things about Force Majeure, and we really want to see that. But otherwise, I think Ida is going to win this. I think it's nominated for Oscar. I think it's going to be the front runner there. I yeah. really hope. I, I would be angry if it's not. No, I think you're right. And speaking of supporting actress, because it's such a weak mm. field, I would see Agatha oh, Kulesa, Kulesa, but especially the, the aunt. I could yeah. see her being a spoiler and so popping. They're both so good. So it's, uh, good. That movie's really fantastic. I'm sure we'll talk about if it more you... once we do a top ten of the year. But yeah, yeah. it's amazing. Uh, yeah, we will. Agreed. But... And I and I do think it's also going to win with the possible spoiler of Force Majeure. Mm-hmm. I think so as well. But if you have, if you're wondering what you should watch next, and you have a list of 2014 movies to catch up on, go for Edo. Yeah, right at the top. And it's streaming; you don't have to pay for it. Awesome. Mm-hmm. All right, next is best animated feature. F which, that category. Um, I have uh-huh. literally only seen one of these, but the nominees are Big Hero Six, The Book of Life, The Box Trolls, How to Train Your Dragon Two, and The Lego Movie. I have only seen The Lego Movie. You have seen two? I've seen double what you've seen. What? Suck it, Selna. <laughs> I've seen the Lego movie and How to Train Your Dragon 2. Yeah. And I don't even care to comment on it. I've seen little bits and pieces of the Lego movie. Yeah. I think those are, if none of the like foreign or G-Kids, the like smaller independent animated films, those are your, if none of those get in, those are the five Oscar nominees too. Agreed. I don't even care. Boring. Yeah, I think the Lego movie will win. I think it's yes. probably, I think it's going to win the Oscar. Agreed. Um, it could even be a spoiler in original script. I was going to say it could get in, which, I, I mean. I don't think so, especially because that category for some reason this year is really stacked. Yeah. I saw it on a very, for me, sleepy morning, and I enjoyed it, but not in a way that I was blown away in the way that I have been by past Oscar nominees. Yeah. No, no, no. It's no Pixar. I feel like in a way it was, it benefited from the lowest of expectation, which is yeah, everybody just thought it would be a cash grab to sell Legos. And it is, in fairness, much okay. more clever than it needed to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think it's It's got some good voice acting. I did love a lot Great. of the voice acting. Especially Will Arnett. Yes. And Alison Brie as the sparkle kitty yep. unicorn, whatever her name was. And Chris Pratt. Just not Elizabeth Banks. Was not a fan. Agreed. Sure and I like her in other things, but not so much in this. So let's talk about best score. Very controversial. Nominees for mm-hmm. original score at the Globes. The Imitation Game, The Theory of Everything, Gone Girl, Birdman, Interstellar. Now, before we start, I think a lot of people out in... Cyberland have 
<laughs> this um, <laughs> same question, or at least I do. Maybe I'm the only one. But to what degree is best score and best original song supposed to be, I'm doing air quotes, judged on like how well it integrates with the movie That's and how much question. of it is just in a vacuum? Well, Especially song, but we're talking about score first. Different a little. I mean, the Globes are star fuckers to the ends of the earth, and they will <gasps> nominate. They will nominate Taylor Swift <laughs> last year for some song from a movie that no one in America saw. Yeah. You know, they nominated this year what Lana Del Rey and Lord and Sia, Patti Smith, John Legend, Comment. You know, they they will nominate. I mean, they gave Madonna the award a few years ago. Right, she the won. Oscar, yeah, she did win. And I do think that song is pretty good. I will stick up for it. And also, I Even would say that this garbage. year is one of the less egregious. That's true. That's true. But, um, and last year, U2 won for that mediocre song from Awful. Mandela. No, all U2 songs... No, it, it's all right. All U2 song, songs sound exactly the same <laughs> for the last easily decade. But the Oscars have much stricter rules in that, you know, the, the Madonna song that won at the Globes was not eligible because it was the second song played during the end credits like it needs to be and when they're voting on it they see like the clip that it appears on in the movie so that can definitely help at the oscars yeah um the globes obviously don't care if they just if the song was written for the movie sure right whereas like like you know come what may for moulin rouge won the globe as it should have won the oscar but the oscars were like oh wait no this movie was originally or this song was originally written for the romeo and juliet Baz Luhrmann movie right so it's not eligible. Bunch so of bullshit. score really has to be judged based on what it's bringing to the movie and how it's complementing what's on screen, which makes sense. It should. It should. Or should be. But it's that's also Whereas like you know songs these... could be a little bit more flexible. Depending on that's story. true. Yes, and it can. I mean, they'll nominate things like "Alone Yet Not Alone" from last well, year well, and then to rescind that nomination. Um, it's also you know the music branch is not the largest branch of the, it's pretty, not small, but it's, you know, one of the smaller branches of the academy, and they're very much so an insular group that if you, like, we're going to get into it, but the score of Birdman is from a guy who's, you know, never done a score for a film before, it's all percussion, the academy has already disqualified it, it's not going to be nominated at the the Oscars, which is such bullshit. It'll, I think, win the Globe, and it should win the Globe, and should be nominated for the Oscar, but um, if you've been nominated for an Oscar before, you have a much better, you know, you have a leg up into getting a nomination than someone if you've never been nominated before. Well, I'll just say quickly, I agree. I think that Birdman will win at the Globes. I think it's the one that should win for the Globes that made the whole tone of the movie and feel between that and its cinematography. Like, that's what made that movie so above and beyond extraordinary, I think. And really gave it its sense of place and time. Um, But it won't be nominated for Oscar. What do you think? I agree. Um, I, well, I'm happy to say, or I'm happy to hear that you think Birdman will win the Golden Globe. I hope so. I feel like the controversy sort of, um, asked, oh, yeah. Hope so, yeah. I think it deserves everything and that's what I would vote for. Um, I also, I'm going to put a shout out in, wait, something like that. I'm going to throw out a <laughs> shout out. I'm going to out a shout for interstellar um because i so enjoyed that score but really it was more about now i can never remember if it's sound mixing or editing that's about the 
more about the volume levels and the um, mixing. So mixing, it was bold, certainly, and yeah. I can certainly Aggressive. understand how people would hate it. See, yeah. but I loved it and respected it for for the boldness of it. Um, so that would be my second choice, but certainly Birdman would be number one. See, and I actually ended up loathing the Interstellar score, and here's why. I thought the moments in space, particularly any, ex like, when they first got in there and there was the expansive shot of just, like, the little spacecraft in space and the what the music was doing, which it wasn't even, like, a melody. It was just this, like, tremolo of expansive sound, and I thought it was extraordinary and added to it. But then the score also had no subtleties yeah. and was doing crazy things. So it was, like... A quiet scene of dialogue between Matthew McConaughey and and whatever Mackenzie Foy. Someone, yeah, like yeah. a quiet scene of dialogue. And the music is not only overpowering, but it's doing suspense. It's like kind of match the direction. Does space have subtleties so much? But this is when they were in space. This is when they were on Earth. Like it just didn't that's true. And then I read somewhere and then I read somewhere that Hans Zimmer wasn't even allowed to watch the film he was given like a general synopsis or told a general feeling and he composed and i was like oh that makes originally sense. i think but it makes sense because the score does not fit the film overall yeah it, i mean it's it the same the problem direction. i have with Gone girl score i agree that it doesn't fit it in parts and it's jarring and it takes me out of the movie but that is precisely what i liked about it and it was discordant in a way that a movie about another dimension that we can't even Fathom. Fathom needs to be. It didn't have to be done that way. It could have been done a different way. I guess, but it just... But for me, that's why it worked. It was, But it also could have been like subtly discordant in a way that it made a scene feel, feel a little bit off-kilter. Whereas for me, it made me feel like, what am I even watching? I'm not connected to what's... And he's trying in this movie for like grand emotionality. And he's already failing on a script level because he has <laughs> two kids and doesn't give a shit about one of them. Yeah. But then on top of it, I not only is the music not telling me what to feel emotionally, which is a pet peeve of mine. I don't always like it when the score is yeah, manipulative. manipulating, but it's also not making me feel, all it is is make, taking me out of the movie completely to where I'm like, ah, just turn it down because I can't, like, I don't understand what's happening in this supposed, like, emotional scene or dialogue important scene. Anyway. Yeah. But I see. But there were moments where it was beyond extraordinary because there oh, were moments yeah. that the the score was like completed what was happening in the action. Absolutely. Most of the space stuff and most of the action stuff. Yeah. It was just those quieter scenes that I was like, "Why are you shouting mm -hmm. at me, string section?" Which is also, I mean, it was very evident. I mean, it was very a very heavy, loud score that I think it will still get the nomination for Oscar. Heavy-handed film. Yes, for sure. Uh, um, although I could see for the Oscar. I think Birdman is out. I honestly right. don't know what will take its place because I'm not sure that this year's know. scores have particularly impressed me one way or the other. But I think um, particularly Theory of Everything is a is a spoiler to win. Yeah. No, I think so too. For Oscar. Yep. It's a very traditional, beautiful score. It's something that if they're not watching it in the context of the film... Mm -hmm. It's pretty music. It's very pretty. Yep. Agreed. For song, I think Glory from Selma is going to take the globe. I think it's going to take the Oscar, too. I hope so. I hope so, too. Yeah. I really hope so. I thought that was the perfect... I mean, I rarely 
take note of songs in the way that I yep. did for that. Mm-hmm. It happens at the right time near the end, but the right time, right tone, right style, right everything. Yep. For sure. And it's great that it's, you know, it's Common who is in the movie and he's very good. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a for smaller sure. ensemble part, but he's, I believe that he's a person, not like, hey, why is Common on screen? Right. Um, <laughs> You know, and he's he's a rapper in general who is known to be a very socially conscious, and I just think everything about it will make it a front runner. Yeah, for sure. I think that's definitely it. I think there will be articles or people will comment on how everything is awesome from the Lego movie was snubbed, but I just don't see the Academy falling for that Ugh. music. Also, that Even movie... though that is the most, like, you cannot get that song out of your head. I like, can. Alri- no, I'm already not in a good it's... way, I don't think. No, it's not. It's not in a good way. <laughs> <laughs> but now I just want to sing it. It makes me happy. I do like it. I just don't see the Academy going for it. And I was not surprised that it missed out on the Globe nomination. Especially when it's a, a year that feels richer. Like, I think about the year that, you know, and I'm so happy because I freaking love Flight of the Concords, but that um, Mackenzie, Brett McKenzie won for the song from the Muppet movie, which was a pretty, like, I mean, it was definitely, I feel like that's on par with the Lego movie, right? It's a very infectious yep very cheerful song but it's not particularly of depth yeah I mean that was also back when they had like rules where you could vote against something really and you could do like like they only had two nominees that year yeah um, but before we move on let's let's take a, take a pause here and join us for uh, part two of this podcast where we get into the lead categories and best picture yes exciting mm-hmm. 